0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the latest episode of Real Estate Uncensored. This is the place where you get actionable ideas, insight, and inspiration to turn your real estate career into a life of freedom. And man, that's exactly what we're talking about today. We've got a phenomenal guest uh, who is connected to us by another former guest of the show. So we'll bring, uh, we'll bring him in in a second. But first, Greg McDaniel sitting in the co-pilot seat where you so
1: belong. We're gonna have a fun conversation about freedom today. We are, we really are gonna have a lot of fun. Bill, uh, no, Bill, what am I talking about? Bart. Good Lord! If I my name's Greg, I should borrow a name tag so I get my own name right. So, um, my speaking of that really funny story, my mom one year for Christmas, um, just in case we all forgot our last names, we have T-shirts and sweatshirts that say McDaniel on the front of them. It's like, <laughs> thanks, mom. To, that totally sounds <laughs> like something your mom would do. I know. Oh, my God. So, Bart, dude, what you were talking about is kind of where I think a lot of agents have gone or are now. And if they have the mindset shift that you went through, I think it would be something that would be a very big value add. But I also believe that people need to go through that whole life metamorphosis. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had the Mercedes, I had the million dollar home. I had all that stuff for me, driving the Mercedes made me feel like a douche. Literally. I like hated driving it. So I would drive oh, my other, I had three cars at one point. Why? I don't know. Cause you know, there's, there's more than three days in the week. I don't know. It's a stupid move, but I sold it. And funny you said, you have a Jeep. I have a Jeep as well. And I couldn't be happier. Mm-hmm. You know? Bart- well,
0: yeah, I was going to say, Bart- Bart, let, me, let me set you up a little bit. We're going to go through the kind of the story arc and some of the foundational transformational parts of your philosophy, the key distinctions and the key decisions that you hit along the way that I know people are gonna get a ton of benefit from. But I wanna set the stage a little bit Tell us a little bit about the freedom and a little bit about the business model that you have right now. I know from our conversation beforehand, it involves no cold calling, no outbound calling, no door knocking, which are things that we talk about a lot on the show, if you're the type of person that wants to do that. But you realize that's just not for you, and you found a business model that doesn't require any of those things. So let's start with kind of where you're at right now, what your week looks like.
2: Okay, so what my week looks like is this. Are you looking? No, that's <laughs> not what it's Seriously, I have reservations in sharing it only because it almost is unbelievable and I want it to be believable. So I do want to be able to share the backstory because it's based on 20 years of mistakes that have led me to this point. Hmm. So and in discovering who I am, which is, you know, an average person with low Amount of skill sets. I have one or two skills, and what I've discovered is if I can just stay right there with those one or two skills, and surround myself with the right people that have all the other skills, then things work out well. And I always go back to a Zig Ziglar quote, which has come in and out of my life many times, which is, "If you help enough people get what they want, you'll always get what you want." And Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people will say that and maybe not mean it, but I think with guys like us. You know, the three of us, we've experienced it and it is so true. Yeah. You know, over the past five years, I've sold 1,491 homes and I work maybe eight to 10 hours a week, I would say. <laughs>
1: total. Are you a unicorn, sir? Because no. you're one.
2: <laughs> I am. I've, I rode in here on a unicorn um, today, <laughs> but no, I am not one. And what I mean by that, and that's why I hesitate to share it because you know i don't want to turn anybody off because anybody out there that's working six and seven days a week 10 and 12 hours a day i know what that's like mm. and it may be for you it the cold calling the door knocking the telemarketing the trespassing the booty smooching <laughs> <laughs> booty all smooching of those things will we'll, so that's part of what goes on in this real estate sales job.
1: I want to become and a professional booty
0: smoocher. <laughs> Teach me how to just, be a booty smoocher. Just remember, Greg, just remember the quote from Seinfeld: 99% of the population is undateable. So if you're gonna be a <laughs>
1: professional booty smoocher,
0: you're gonna have to you're gonna have to lower the old standards. But anyway, booty
2: smooching is because, and again, I guess you know this show has a perfect name for this type of conversation. Oh, yeah. And that is, you know, if you're a real estate agent, you booty smooch, you go on a listing appointment and you booty smooch, you're hanging out with buyers and their kids are running around slamming cabinets, kicking the seller's dog, you're still booty smooching. Well, that doesn't necessarily resonate with my soul, you know, and then the pussyfooting is something that I've done most of my life, which is, you know, I have these weird thoughts in my head and I think (laughs) I'm broken and there's something wrong with me and then i realize i think what's broken is this system you know this this process that we go through this education that's forced upon us and then we end up like in college studying something that like makes no sense that only leads to a job like, who would ever want a job when you really think about it and then at what i have to work 60 hours a week booty smooching and pussyfooting but society that tells me well now you drive that mercedes and like i drove that bmw and that corvette convertible and you buy expensive watches and then what well, then you just want more and more and more, right? Because there's never enough. When I built the house that I'm in right now, as soon as we moved in, and it's a funny story because I left one morning on a Saturday, and I said, hey, honey, I'll be right back. Several hours later, I came back. I said, you better sit down. I was Uh-oh. like, oh, no. I said, well, you know, we've been talking about building a new house. She's like, yeah. I said, well, I found a spot. She's like, oh, you did? You found a spot? And we live in this little part, little section of Valparaiso. It's called Morgan Township. So small that we even have our own little school system that's separate from Valparaiso, which is a bigger school system. So my kids go to a school that's K through 12. It's the same building. Wow. wow. And their graduating classes are between like 55 and 60. That's the number of kids in each class. I'm attracted to that because I can't, cause I'm an introvert mm-hmm. and I came from a big school where I don't remember hardly anybody except my short circle of friends. So anyways, I said, yeah, I found this land. She's like, Oh, is it in Morgan township? Yeah, it's in Morgan township and it's 40 acres. And she's like, what, what do you mean? 40 acres. I thought you were just looking for a plot of land. Well, I, I found a plot. It just happens. <laughs> yeah. So I, I purchased this 40 acres and then I sell it to her. Like, Hey, we're going to design the house around the kitchen that you want because the house that we are in had a tiny little kitchen. So of course she's like, Oh, that sounds great. So we build this house and it's finished. It's not a huge house, but it's bigger than what we need. But I didn't know that at the time. So it's Mm -hmm. 4,300 square feet, but that includes the finished basement, which we had finished at the time of construction. And this place is gorgeous.
0: And you have have how many kids? Seven, 13, 17? I
2: have three kids. Three. Okay. Okay. Kid one, kid two, and kid three, okay? And that's so their names.
1: That's, that's their, what yeah, I call
2: them. Yeah. Hey, kid I, two, get over here. Quit picking yes. on kid three. Damn it. They know kid they're one, in trouble when I use kid one, kid two, or kid three. <laughs> but, so the story is, and this is what I think is you know, kind of wrong with the systems and the processes and, and the philosophies that we somehow follow, mm-hmm. is that as soon as we moved into this house, I was already planning the mansion that I was going to build mm. in the back corner. of Wow. The I mean, that's how ridiculous I was at that time. But I didn't know any better because, you know, I grew up, we didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. My parents divorced when I was young. My father was an alcoholic. He was mm-hmm. verbally and at times, not often, but at times, I should, not often, so I'm making excuses for him, mm-hmm. at times had been physically abusive with my mother. Mm-hmm. So what did I want? I wanted money, right? I wanted the one thing we're all sold on, which is once you get the money, you know, then you get it all. The women's and the cars <laughs> and the Mercedes Benz's. So that's has to be
0: women's plural, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: The women's it can't just be a woman. It's got to be of A
0: lot of S's after that, yeah. 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 And
2: when I say I work a very limited schedule, it's true. I'm probably exaggerating on the eight to 10 hours. It's probably less than that. It is likely less than that. But what I do have around me is an incredible team of people. I have agents and it's, I don't have a lot of agents. I have this small little team, you know, and there's times where I'm like, "Ah, I'm going to start recruiting everybody. I can't believe that other guy has 50 agents. I could have a hundred. And it's like, wait, mm-hmm. right, then I just end up with more of the booty smooching and the pussy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got this small team okay. and they're fantastic because okay. what I do is I give them all of my leads I help them create their own leads. And then I treat my agents as my clients. So they want to make more sales and they want to make more money so they could get the BMW and the Mercedes Benz. (laughs) (laughs) So I treat them as such. And in doing so, and how I try to train them is kind of how I try to train the staff, which is through direct experience, right? So instead of me just telling you, It's more of, here's what to do, now go do it, and then come back and tell me how it went. Or, you know, like in the very beginning, I'll go with you, yeah uh, you go with them, I don't do that anymore either. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and and so this is what's gonna go on at the appointment, then the appointment happens, this is what went on, and what do you think of that? And train them firsthand so that, as you know, in this business, it's not the number of years, it's the number of transactions, right? Mm -hmm. So you can have a fully functional expert, trained agent in a year if they're doing enough transactions. So that's kind of the system that I built. And I built it kind of with the, or that I had to, it was self-preservation because as you guys know, I don't know why I want to whisper this. The real estate sales business is phenomenal. The job of real estate agent, not so much, kind of sucks. So, you know, and it led to, or I should say the tipping point became, in 2012, my wife and I were on vacation with another couple. We're in Mexico. Okay. At the end of the night, she looks me in the eye and she says, "Should we get a divorce?" It was like I was hit over the head with a frying pan. It came out of to me, it came out of the blue, like nowhere. Like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, she's probably got some men's on the side or something. You know, <laughs> or something's happening. Okay. And The reality was is. When the market tanked back in 08 and my real estate sales business netted $100 in 2009, Ooh. I was like, uh-oh, time to get back to work. Because I had already worked my way out of production and had a team that was handling things. Right. But as Warren Buffett says, you know, when the when the tide goes out, you see how many people are skinny dipping. And I was skinny dipping on many levels you know, from a debt perspective, from a lifestyle perspective, from a team perspective. Mm-hmm. So I got back into production. And that's when, you know, I went back to the cold calling, went back to the booty smooching. And and it works. You know, there's the one thing about real estate sales that I think is incredible. One of the many things is that everything works. Now you could stand outside Walmart with a cardboard sign that says, we'll work for commissions, you know, and somebody's <laughs> going to list their house with you, you know? Yeah. So hmm. I went into that, I told you guys before, I went on over a hundred listing appointments in 2011. I was working six and seven days a week, 10 and 12 hours a day. And when I wasn't working, I was thinking about work, right? So yeah, if you're with the family and the phone rings and you pick up your BlackBerry, do they still have blackberries? <laughs> and you're texting people and you're yeah. reading books and you're thinking about business and you're not paying attention to your wife, mm-hmm. then... Tells a story in her head, and her story was mm. that I had lost interest in her. Mm. So she wow. was like, You know, we're not communicating, we never talk like we used to. So, I mean, it, did have you lost interest in me? I'm like, uh, No, still the opposite. But I was just doing what I trained myself to do, and mm. that was to work my face off. You know, if, if in the worst circumstances, the one thing we can always do is outwork people, and that's what I did. But then it led to that tipping and It was like, okay, this time I'm really going to figure something out. So in 2013, uh, it was towards the end of the 2013, um, Stacy, my bodacious bride and I, we were at a Kinder Reese conference and it was a four-day conference and we skipped the fourth day and we just hung out with each other. And we sat and we're like, okay, we don't need any new ideas really. What should we do? What do you always preach? It's Clean up the database and communicate properly. So mm. we we cleaned the database up. You know, I was using top producers still do had like twenty seven different types of tags. You know that. Could <laughs> clean it up, you know? So we cleaned all of that up. Came up with just a handful of tags. I think we lost count at like number thirty two because we were. What I was doing is I was cleaning it up, and one of the ways is I was looking to see if people had sold in the meantime.
0: Oh, that's, that a, session, that's a hard exercise to do. It
2: is so hard and so heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. We lost track at, or I stopped counting, I should say, I think at 32 or 37. And that was just in that one session of cleaning up the database. Oh, so,
0: seriously. Seriously. So you sit down for a couple hours and just go through contacts and you came up with 30, somewhere around 35 transactions you missed out on.
2: Yes. Wow. And that's, you know, oh. that's, it's heartbreaking because... Yeah. What happens is, and it's it's natural because I've watched it with my team, we don't always think of our database as leads. In fact, we really don't. We we think of leads as leads, right? Gimme give, mm-hmm. give me those internet leads that I have to, you know, hit over the head with a, a club to get them to do mm-hmm. business with me, or that I have to beg and booty smooch and pussyfoot around <laughs> to have them consider it. And yet our database is gold and it's everything. Mm-hmm. So at that meeting it was, you know, we came away with two our three objections or uh, our primary concerns, which was to organize a database okay. to come up with a proper plan for communication, something that we could do that I would actually stick to because yeah. if it was calling anybody, I wasn't going to stick to it. Yeah. And then finally deploy a printed monthly newsletter, which one of my mentors, Dan Kennedy had been telling me for years and years and years, I've got a stack of his printed newsletters right behind me. Yeah do. So finally, in January of 2014, we got that thing off the ground. And it really changed the trajectory of my business. And I wrote down a couple of the numbers just to give you an idea. So the first year or the year before we did the newsletter, we sold 151 homes, 57 of which were sphere of influence. So that's 37% of our business came from our sphere of influence, which, you know, that was because my model was still the old school cold calling and the booty smooching. So right. mm, okay. the first full year, we the only thing we really did is this. We put in the printed monthly newsletter. I joined Send Out Cards, and we did um, New Year's, Spring, Fourth of July, Thanksgiving, and a birthday card. Mm. I wrote out two versions of each to be rotated through in two years, filled up the Send Out Cards database. And if you guys have ever used Send Out Cards, they're pretty, pretty good. Oh, yeah. I it. use
1: them. I use them uh, as much as I can. They're phenomenal.
2: Mm-hmm. They're phenomenal. And they're, they, they've they they got what I have to have, which is a system. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, know, Just as Michael Gerber tells us to do in the E-Myth, you build the system and then you have the people run the system. It's just that simple. And that's what it has to be for me because, like I told you, I have very few skills. One <laughs> of them, is, you know, one of my skills is I like to chase everything. Like, what was that? You know, that looks exciting. Was that a Facebook bot? You know, I'd like to... <laughs> Get on that, you know, all those things. That's why I mentioned all those coaches I've had. Right? Yeah, Buffini, Ferry, Proctor, Kinder, Reese, the Core, whoever's ever you know. If I they say they're a coach, I'm like, I want a coach. You mm. know, because what shiny object do you have? Yes, so right. first year with the newsletter, we went from 151 homes sold to 208, okay. but 123 of those were sphere of influence. So that's 50. Wow. The second year we went to 263 sales. 177 of those was Sphere of Influence. And then wow. the following year, we did 468 transactions, 295 of those was Sphere of Influence. And we went from, you know, because I've got to, let me just back up to tell this crazy story, because that's how my mind works. It's like, you could picture the drunken monkey up there right now, because <laughs> that's what goes on. So back in January of 1983, I'm in my dad's trailer, Right. So my parents are divorced, not spending much time with my dad. And for some reason, I'm there with him in his trailer on his 40th birthday. That's probably the reason I was with him. Hmm. Now, I remember thinking, 40, my dad's old, you know, <laughs> burned into my memory. And then, okay. you know, as we all know, time flies by. Next yeah. thing I know, it's 2011 and kid one, kid two, and <laughs> kid three have that same look on their face like <laughs> dad is an old goat. that (laughs) night i i told my wife i'm leaving you i found a brazilian side piece and i'm good no i didn't do that (laughs) i sat down down and i made a crazy goal list like it wasn't a midlife crisis thing it was wait a minute what is going on what's still out there that i really have always wanted to do so one was to straighten my teeth because i you know had like these jacked up crazy teeth that I begged my mother not to get me braces back in middle school because it wasn't going to be cool. Mm. And of course, I regretted it ever since. So I feel, you know, so that was on the list. Straighten the teeth. Learn to swim. I never learned to swim. So taught myself in the old backyard pool. Now I'm kind of like Mark Spitz. You guys are probably too young. (laughs) (laughs) We do do
0: get the reference, Yeah.
2: (laughs) I also made a goal to write and publish a book, to make a million dollars in one year in our real estate sales business, to to sell the Dairy Queen. That's another story. Okay. And to pay off the house by December 31st, 2016, and to get visible abs. Okay. So all of those things were were part of the story, right? So... I made those goals, some of which you know, were outlandish. And, but as we started to move along, and Stacy asked me if I wanted a divorce, and I began to redefine my life and change the trajectory, finally get in the printed monthly newsletter. And in that newsletter, it became kind of an outlet for me to talk, to talk about the mistakes that I made and the life lessons that I learned. And I think because of it, it attracted people. Mm-hmm. To, you know, the vulnerability that I was, I was like basically demanding of myself because we all, we hide behind these, these personas, you know, in our, our, our social media highlight reels. And, mm-hmm. you know, we brag about not getting enough sleep and grinding our face off and, and doing those things that really, for me, they don't work, you know, so I was had my ladder up the wrong building, mm-hmm. I was climbing the wrong tree. I had to get back to what really was going to work for me and writing in that newsletter as much as the monster, because next to the drunken monkey in my head is the monster. The one that's like, that's a dumb idea. Uh, That's that's a terrible article. Nobody's going to read that. You're, you know, you're that pathetic kid that was sitting in that trailer between your senior year in high school and your freshman year in college when your mom and your stepfather got a divorce. You know, that one time where I'm staring up at that sparkly popcorn ceiling. You remember those ceilings? Oh, love
1: that
0: ceiling.
2: Yeah. Well, my aunt had that in the trailer of her double wide. Uh-huh. And that's where we live because my stepdad kept the house. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking to myself, there's got to be more to this than what I'm experiencing. And these little nuggets finally started to kind of compile, you know, and that has led me to, you know, the the journey that I find myself on that I'm at today, you know, with all the mistakes that I've made. But in that newsletter, it was an outlet to kind of tell some of these wild stories. you know, mm-hmm. Like I tell you about We went through a spell when I I was planning the mansion, you know, in the backyard. Mm -hmm. After just moving into this brand new home, that same year, I bought a Dairy Queen. I went to a David Lindahl conference. I don't know if you've heard of him, but apartment house riches was the program I bought because I'll buy anything. Whatever (laughs) you guys are going to sell today that's a program about personal development or whatever, I'm buying it. But that's, I've always done that. And sometimes I'll even put things into action. But I bought that apartment houses, uh, apartment house riches program, it was $750. And I added like 100 units to our portfolio that year. Okay, so Mm -hmm. kid three is born in December of 2007. Mm -hmm. Not that that's not enough stress. But now we had a Dairy Queen 100 rentals, we're up to 115 rental properties. Goodness! I was still on the treadmill of I'm going to get rich, you know, and I'm going to do things to get rich. And then when the market was dragged down in 2008, finally in the Midwest, it came crumbling down as well. Mm -hmm. And I had mentioned that I made a hundred dollars net profit in 2009 in my business. That's when it was like, okay, there's got to be a better way to do this. Right. Hmm. And then, when my wife threw the cold water in my face finally was the the wake up call that really changed my philosophy which was i don't need more i need less i don't need yep. to work more hours i need to work less hours i don't mm. need to buy more things i need to cherish less you know and that's informing mm. in my thought process you know so and it's and it's not easy to talk about these things because people that are still in the struggle they don't i don't even know if they want to hear it but when i tell them that, you know, there is no, happiness is no de- There's no destination. Like, oh, I've arrived at happiness. And that's mm-hmm. what I was chasing. If mm-hmm. I had enough money, if I had a big enough house, fancy enough watch and a fleet of cars, of course I was going to be happy because that's what's sold to us in the commercials mm-hmm. and on the videos and on MTV Cribs, yeah. all of that. We all buy into it. I bought into it. I still get teased by it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, I'm driving along in my 2008 Jeep Grand Cherokee, but I could turn in to the Chevy dealership and write a check for a brand new Corvette. Mm-hmm. Still have those urges. Yeah. <laughs> so just kid three or kid. I'm sorry, kid one. We just bought her a. Um, a hyena sombrero. What's it called? A Hyundai,
0: Hyundai Santa Fe? Yeah,
2: it was a, uh, a hyena sombrero. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, what's funny is how she, I heard her pronounce it to her friends later that day. She's like, it's a hyena. <laughs> a hyena? Yeah. I was like, it up. But we're sitting there. I'm buying the same cash. It's used. And mm. in there is like a, I don't know, a CX-5 or something, whatever their sport mm. utility is. Mm-hmm. And my wife, of course, she opens the door and gets inside and then she climbs out she's like, "Woo! I really want that. It's nice. You know, it's that new car smell. She drives a 2008 Dodge Grand Caravan minivan. Okay? okay. So I've beat her over the head with my philosophy and now she tries to beat others over the head with it as well. But <laughs> we don't get drawn back in. So yeah. it's like we're sitting there and I'm like, you know, looking at that brand new showroom car as I'm paying cash for this other car. And my ego is like, just write a check, buy that thing right now. Your wife deserves it. She puts Mm up with you and your drunken monkey after all. (laughs) But I I didn't, I don't. Oh, I forgot to mention. So also on that that goal list was to quit tobacco. I had chewed tobacco, you know, know, skull between the lip and gum for nine years. So made that list, 2000, so got braces right away, 2012. Learned to swim in my backyard above ground swimming pool.
1: Nice. Good touch.
2: I would have I would have never done such a thing. You know, it would have had to have been a hundred thousand dollar in ground pool. Right. And in two thousand finally in June of 2014, I quit chewing. Okay. So no more uh the weird lippers. Yeah. Yeah, no more lippers. (laughs) Which, you know, when you get to be my age, it gets a little odd. You know (laughs) your friends come over, it's like, what's that weird cup in the corner? Oh, That's yeah, the nice.
1: red cup with a weird dark mm-hmm. uh, liquid. You're like, oh, don't get too close. It smells.
2: Right. Do you not know. Do, not, uh, do not. drink this. It's not wait, coffee yeah, left wait. over from this morning, okay? <laughs> so we move along. And then uh, and on September 30th, 2016, we paid off the house, mm. which was like, when I set that goal, it was one of those goals where you're like, that'd be cool. But I almost didn't really think about it again until I was reviewing those goals again in 2016. I'm like, hey, I'm starting to check some of these off. And I think we could pay this house off right now. So mm. even though financially it really doesn't make a, a lot of sense, you know, because we're real estate investors, we can make a lot more money on the real estate investment side than paying off my 3.25% mortgage. But it was that peace of mind. It was like, oh, yeah, that's mm. the word. Peace of mind. That's what I'm looking for. And that's what I was doing the opposite of when we had the second home down in Bonita Springs, Florida, and I was driving the Corvette convertible and I was paying golf memberships down there and hardly ever golfing. But yeah. I had a set of sweet clubs down there with of some beautiful Nike spikes and all my titleless balls that I was hitting right into the creek. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know? I- Wait, the, cl- the clubs didn't make you
2: magically better? I don't understand. That's what I was sold on, but yeah, it still exactly. didn't go straight and still didn't go far. <laughs> you know so it was like all of that was leading up to you know some thoughts where what am i doing here and that's kind of led to i'm just trying to live the good life you know i don't yeah. need to get super wealthy i don't need to be a billionaire i've got plenty of semi passive income coming in more it exceeds my living expenses now we've sold off you know we started paring down our we had 115 rentals at one time we're down to 36 and 11 of those 36 are paid off. And then it's like, whoa, that's what you're supposed to do in the real estate investment business is hold these things free and clear of any debt. Mm -hmm. and then we were moving along in 2017 we sold the dairy queen which my wife happened to announce was one of the five top happiest days of her life and i was like married kid one kid two kid three that doesn't leave a lot of room (laughs) yeah exactly
0: well it's such a cliche right the happiest day of of any person's life is the day they buy a dairy queen and then the day that they sell the dairy queen i mean i know it's been said it's been said many times
2: before but yeah i think it's the same sentence about the boat right buying and selling the boat (laughs) <laughs> Wait a minute. I could have as many dilly bars as I want. Why wouldn't I want a Dairy Queen?
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh man, that's funny. Okay. So uh, there's a couple of things I want to dig into here um, in the last few minutes that we have left. Before we do that, Bart, what's the best way to just connect? Like how do people get into your world? Because I know you've got a program for the good life and all that stuff, which is why Tom connected us. How do people get connected with you?
2: Realestategoodlife.com. Opt in and I send you a bunch of free stuff, including the Good Life Tracker that I used to use back in the day when I was doing the cold calling and the booty smooching. I still give those to my team in case they want to do any pussyfooting mm-hmm. and cold calling. Uh, but I also have a copy of my newsletter. Like my very first original one that is like the ugliest newsletter in the history of man along with a recent copy. So they can copy the articles, the, the idea of it. It's a very simple philosophy. Because if you're going to do one thing, do the printed monthly newsletter and then do all the other crazy, you know, shiny object chasing you want. But do that because it works. And, you know, I want to talk later about how I think that's going to help us with our business regarding Zillow and these other guys that are coming after us. So realestategoodlife.com, just opt in bunch of free stuff there.
0: Okay, perfect. We'll make sure that gets into the show notes. Um, just real quick before we jump into kind of uh, Zillow proofing and open door proofing our business, uh, you mentioned going down from 100 and some down to 30 some doors. And some of those are free and clear, but not all. What what was the strategy? and What was the reason why you pared down so much? I mean, dumping two thirds of your investment doors.
2: At least my wife was here right now because she would jump right in on this answer. <laughs> so when I bought that David Lindahl course, That year, I bought a 52-unit government-subsidized apartment complex that was nearly an hour away from my home Wow! Mm. and a 24-unit apartment complex here in Valparaiso, Indiana. So in one fell swoop, I added those two big units, both of which I was working on and negotiating while I was down at my second home in Bonita Springs. That does not make for a happy family vacation Mm. when I'm running the... Uh, I think it was Office Max. Is that still a place? Yep. I was running the Office Max to fax. We were still faxing things. Yeah. Yeah, Or emailing and going to the library to to check emails and things. It was just a crazy time. I was going to get rich, right? I didn't care about the peace of mind. So the first big lopping off that we did was we sold off the 52-unit government subsidized apartment complex, which was essentially an ongoing live in real time Jerry Springer show. You know, the (laughs) stories that we have just from that time would fill up several interviews, several conversations between us. From there, the strategy became, you know, what I felt was like the perfect model. Which units do we like the least? Okay, let's start by getting rid of them. You know, because when I started to buy them, my very first property that I bought, which I still own, I bought before I could afford it. Oh, hey, honey, remember uh, what I was telling you about getting into real estate and investing? Well, we are landlords. Oh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it was like, well, I didn't have any money. And I yeah, had exactly. money. Pop <laughs> a part. bottle
0: of champagne, but yeah. it better be two buck chuck. <laughs>
2: <Exactly>. <laughs> so I was like, well, uh, now I've got a rental property. So it had to be rented. And then as I started adding those first several I was buying them like whatever the opposite of the right way would be is how I was buying them. Okay. I would put like 5% down and then I'd have a 15% mortgage and a 20% oh. mortgage. And those 15 percenters, some of them were up to like 9% was the interest rate on them. Whoa. So the, so as we started, the, the, as the smoke cleared and I like started to regain consciousness from being a psychopath, Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, <laughs> get rid of this government subsidized place, mm. even though that thing that makes money. You gotta pay somebody to own a place like that. And the government writes you the or wires you the money. Mm. Uh, so it you know
1: <laughs> well, you to us, being like, a no, I
2: wanna buy another I think yeah. I want to buy another one. Yeah. So we started paying off those second mortgages at the high, had the higher interest rates. Yeah. And then we started selling off the units that we liked the least. Mm -hmm. And then that part of that process started to build up our war chest enough that we were able to then pay the house off. And then it became what I've been describing to my wife as, you know, this is like a wealth snowball that we're, you know, we're building, we're, we're paring down our living expenses, we're knocking out all this debt, you know, we have zero personal debt right now. Yeah, we haven't had car loans in years. We pay our credit card off each and every month. We use Southwest Visa. So we get the free Mm -hmm. miles and Mm -hmm. that kind of good stuff. We run our business through it. So every year we get a companion pass. So wherever I go, Stacy goes for free. Mm-hmm. Like I told her, if she ever leaves me, I'm coming with her. So <laughs> <laughs> you
0: think you think you're getting some men? So you got another thing coming. Like I'm going to
2: be <laughs> right there with you. Let me see these men. That's right. No, there. <laughs> but you know, so then we started knocking off the homes we liked the least, and mm. then based on geography, let's make let's bring this mm. in closer and closer to home. Right. And our crown jewel is still the 24 unit that we bought back then. We still. I love that and I've I've made like an incredible goal like the time I made the goal for the Visible Abs that my family has laughed at me ever since. Well, <laughs> I did yeah. it I'm gonna share that story with you. Okay. Um, I'm gonna pay that off completely. And right now mm-hmm. that loan is about a million and thirty dollars is still left on that. But at one time I owed like 1.5 million on it. So mm-hmm. it's down to a million. The current loan comes due on September 15th, 2022, and I'm making this claim right here, right now. Because you know how it's done. You just say it and then you believe it, and then it happens. That's like part of speak, it, in,
1: speak it into existence.
2: Speak it into existence. It okay. really works and it like freaks me out sometimes. But that debt will be completely eliminated on mm. that day. So, and then we will yeah. have no debt, no investment debt, no personal debt. And of course, then that adds that much more passive income. So I don't remember what the Love question it. was, but I think I answered. Uh, well,
0: it was just about, yeah, knocking it down to the, to the doors, which you answered, which that's, uh, so now you've got the crown jewel and then you've got some other things and 11 of those are paid off, which is awesome. Okay, let's finish out with this. And because we're going to have to bring you back and we'll talk about more fun stuff. Uh, Let's quickly go through just how are you looking at Zillow and Opendoor and recommending to yourself and other friends in the business to deal with this new phenomenon?
2: I am recommending what I've always recommended that I haven't always even bought into on my own and that my team still struggles with and that is the database. Mm -hmm. If we become more and more intimate and in a relationship with our database, all of our past clients, all of our friends and family members, All of those people, you know, if we put into place a proper communication plan, if you're an introvert, you can build it out. You can copy mine, realestategoodlife.com. It's the whole thing is laid out there um, and examples of everything. Communicating with them and getting them into a relationship with us as a person, like who we really are without the facade, without the the phony baloney that goes along with a lot of the, the personas that we portray, that works. It works yeah. so well that when I recommend and convince other people to do their newsletters and to be vulnerable, they always are kind of bowled over at the response they get. People reach out to them. So like when I talk about... When I, you know, in 2017, I wrote it down somewhere. In 2017, I had 210 booze days, okay? A booze day, I track everything, probably like you guys. A booze day is whether you had one glass of wine or a 112 pack, that's a booze day, Okay. Okay. And we vacation a lot. And part of vacation, I mean, a requirement is cocktails, right? Oh, okay. So you add those up with all. So this, all is, a, this is a
0: positive metric. This is, you want, you want a minimum and then go up from there and not a maximum of booze days.
2: Well, I, like <laughs> when I, when I started really tracking it and then I added the number and it was like 210, how could you possibly have 210 booze days out of only 365 days? Yeah. And so then I completely like, thought through that entire process again to say, should I really be doing that? And the answer, of course, had been for years, no. And finally, when I added that to my visible abs plan, it worked. And I cut down from 210 booze days to 85 days. And 85 days still sounds like a lot until you track it. 85 is nothing for a social introvert that goes on a lot of vacations. But when I tell those intimate stories in the newsletter and like the monster's like, never do that. Nobody will ever (laughs) want to talk to you and be your friend. And the opposite happens. They're attracted Mm -hmm. to you being a real person because I'm just that vulnerable, scared kid, that almost fainted before I got onto this interview because of how nervous I was.
0: Oh. Hmm. Well, you couldn't tell, first of all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's awesome. And I think that that's going to help a lot of people because we absolutely do feel like that. Uh, I see it a lot you know, coming from where I did working at Viral uh, and trying to get people to do videos and just how much it freaks people out, not just to because it's a different form of vulnerability. It's, it's a vulnerability about how you come across and, and how you look and how your body language is and stuff like that. But it's all the same thing. You know, like we're, we're afraid to be judged and that monster, that, that resistance uh, inside is, is yelling at us just in the, the exact same way before we jump on a Facebook Live as it is when you're writing your monthly print newsletter. So, I mean, for, for anybody that's listening or watching, that should be hugely encouraging, just doing it solves the problem, you know, and, and people do respond to it.
1: No,
2: Zillow Zillow is coming. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go mm -hmm.
1: ahead. No, I was just going to say the vulnerability is if I think is so refreshing to folks because nobody gets it anymore. They get the fake version. They get the Instagram model version of all of our lives when in reality, the chick's chubby, but she, you know, filtered herself down to look amazing. Uh, I have a weekly radio show that I do. And our last Sunday, yesterday, uh, on Sunday, I talked about, my bankruptcy, my foreclosure, you know, the, the, what I went through, that was the topic of the show. And I was 100% transparent and you could hear a pin drop in the studio because mm. people don't expect to tell the, the horrible things about your life. They, they only expect to see the highlight reels. And yeah. I think when you see a real person interacting and going, hey, I drank two, you know, three days this week, I shouldn't have done that. Or you no, know, I told I wasn't gonna drink during the week and I did and that's my bad. I, I know this is what I'm doing, but they celebrate the losses, they celebrate the wins with you. When I would tell my story about a particular breakup that happened about four years ago, give or take, four or five years ago, literally nearly killed me. And then I talked about my bankruptcy and my foreclosure and I packaged it all in my life story. When I would tell my life story on stage or anywhere else, people, like, that it's it's dead silent, and then people come up to me. You think that oh my god, I'm being you know vulnerable right here, and this is going to be something that's going to be a detriment to me. Yeah. But it's it's it only a positive because people who are ashamed they'll come up to you like hey hey, hey dude, dude uh, can we talk because because I kind of went through something like that. How'd you deal with that? Yeah. And all of a sudden you're empowered to continue to tell the truth because you see the impact on other people's lives, and it becomes something that you're just like oh my gosh like this is insane. But everybody still only wants to play the highlight reel. Yeah. No,
2: it's so true. And I think you, you know, you all those words you just said was like giving me shivers on my face because I think there's a starving, silent majority of people mm-hmm. that exist that we're all here. We all want real, we all want connection. We don't want to stare at our phones all day and make fake posts with filters. We want real connection. And we're being directed around with the social media because they've tapped into some psychological triggers that are working exceptionally well to keep people on their devices. And then it's a great place to be able to, you know, be a, an internet bully or to be an internet model or to, you know, to be a troll, all mm-hmm. those things. And so then we start to think, well, is everybody going crazy? And really they're not. No, all of them yeah. still exist. It's just the, the outer edges of each side have the more vocal voices while the rest of us are like, oh my gosh, I, I'm you know, I'm not happy about where things are going. Mm-hmm. But when you have these conversations with people, like you just said, when you tell your story and you're vulnerable and you talk about things that people don't normally talk about, it really brings them in, you know, and it, which mm. goes to a story of one of the very first articles I wrote in my newsletter was this story about Stacy asking me, should we get a divorce? And wow. right after that newsletter came out, oh, I'm on the track at the YMCA and I'm jogging like at a snail's pace because that's as fast as <laughs> I could go. And one of my buddies that's on my list, like an old friend from high school, who we rarely ever talk anymore, he comes right up next to me and he starts talking. He's like, yeah, it was a great newsletter. And I could tell there was something he wanted to say, right? <laughs> so we're talking, we're talking. And then he's like, because I left that newsletter on a cliffhanger which is part of what you want to be able to think about. And I explained that on the Real Estate Good Life of, you know, there is a way to write these that become more, they they become entertainment. You know, we we do want to be able to, as Dan Kennedy says, don't be boring. So entertain them, be vulnerable, but think of it as, you know, this is my, it's kind of my reality show that I can entertain these people with in doing so, it builds rapport from one to many. So finally, he gets to it. He's like, oh, uh, so what happened? So what happened? <laughs> I didn't know you guys were having problems. I'm like, I didn't know it either. You know, and, I start <laughs> <laughs> and then he tells me the story. And he's like, yeah, me and yeah. Brandy, we had similar problems. And it was because of this, this, and this. And then we talked like guys don't normally talk. Yeah, we're starving for that. You know, when we have the opposite in our face all day, we're starving for intimate relationships with quality people that are like-minded and there's more of us than we believe there is. You yeah. know, talking to you two guys right now, I can talk to you guys all week, although I'm an mm-hmm. introvert, so I'm going to pass <laughs> out soon. Yeah. <laughs> you know what,
1: But we had a uh, one Mike, which is Bill on, and he talked about being nosebleed honest. And, you know, I think that's what people are, are dying for. And I think if you could be nosebleed honest, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you have an honest conversation with every single person you come in contact with, no matter if it's going to hurt their feelings or not, but it's 100% honest and true and transparent and authentic to you into the situation, you take one person out to lunch every single day for five days a week, and then you send that person a send out card, how fast do you think that that business will explode?
2: immediately it will explode immediately and, and you you build a plan around that based on exactly what you just said and it's basically i call it digging a moat around your business because what i try to do with the debt freedom and everything is i'm trying to dig a financial moat around me and my family that mm-hmm. I'm not saying there's another crash that's coming, but we always know there's ups and downs and I've been through the crash. I'm not going through it again with those types of sleepless nights. So the same goes on with your business. If you can build it authentically with the people that want your message the most, that respond to your message the most, you will separate yourself from the pack because I see way too much. These new agents come in. They don't know what to do. The first thing they do is they start turning over their credit card to Zillow. Yep. And that's all they know. I just saw in a Facebook form the other day. It was like, well, if you don't do Zillow or they mentioned some other source of buying leads, well, how do you get leads? And I was like, what? What do you mean, how do you get leads? <laughs> you go make a friend, you,
1: you eat lunch, you got to do it anyways. Yeah. Get out of your own way. You know, there's a, my dad's been in the real estate game for 47 years. Wow. And He said, Greg, if I was to give you one piece of advice, this is what it would be. Go have lunch or breakfast with someone or a group of up to three other people and help them get business, it'd be a conduit. And I said, okay. And I'm actively now working on it. I have a stack of cards here from people that came through my last networking event that I do with Rockstar Connect. And you know, the funny thing is, is that I've been too much of a pussy to pick What's up the funny? phone. Yeah. Pussy. I've been pussyfooting around. All the feminists are going to hate us. There are going to be so many angry, angry memes on this, but I've been pussyfooting around picking up the phone and calling people and been like, Hey, I had a great time meeting with you last time at the event. Can I buy you lunch? Mm -hmm. You know what? I would rather make a hundred. I would rather make 500 cold calls than pick up and do one warm call a day for the fear of rejection. But the fear of rejection is combined with the fear of success because of people are not in the struggle to build their business. And all of a sudden they have a thriving business. Well, what's their identity now? People haven't been able to go through that metamorphosis yet because it's like going through like all the people that you want to get coaching with. You're the guy hunting down his business, guy trying to build up his business. Well, who are you and what's your identity when you build your business? Yet that's someone you don't know yet. And a lot of people are afraid to meet that other person because what is the cost of becoming that new person? You lose a relationship, you gain a relationship, you're gonna have to sell a house, buy a house. I mean, what is that gonna look like? But people stay in their cocoon and don't venture out. So my proclamation is that I will quit being a bitch. I will pick up the phone and make the mother effing phone calls. Cause it's just one call. Like there's a, here's a girl, Heather. I don't know what she does. Let's see what she does. She's a technical recruiter, zero value to me. Right. But I don't know if she's going to get together and maybe she or someone she knows because of our interaction might want to buy or sell, or I can bring some value to them. Last week I went to a lunch, two weeks I went to a lunch with my buddy. He's a real estate broker, complete competitor. Right. But I haven't seen him for a while sat down, had a big old burrito, ate too much. I felt like shit for the rest of the day. But he and I, long story short, he's going to be a sponsor of my real estate radio show. And I've been looking for sponsors. And we found that out over a burrito. So what could you find out over a sandwich, a salad, a beer, a burrito, you know, whatever. What could you find out? You can find out everything. You can find out everything about someone. And maybe it's not, maybe it's not what you're going to gain. It could be what you can give. Mm -hmm. And that's the power.
2: Is it so the power. Right, you know, and that is helping enough people get what they want, so you get what you want. And that, and I know we're running out long, but it reminds me of a story. So last summer, Stacy and I were out on a walk. We live out here in the country. When it gets warm, because it's rarely warm here, we're out on a walk together, long walk, and we're talking. And you know, I'm talking about the budget and all the money these kids, these wasteful kids, are spending <laughs> on garbage and everything. And then she says well, I don't worry about money. And I was like, you know, normally the monster in my head was like, well, sure, sweetheart. Of course you don't worry about money. You'll leave that to me. But I didn't this time. I'm like, you know, there's something therapeutic, meditative about a walk with the sunshine with the vitamin D. I'm like, okay, don't, don't say that. Don't say that. And I said, well, why don't you worry about money, honey? And she says, well, Bart, years ago, you told me, that if we help enough people get what they want, we'll always get what we want. And what do we do, Bart? And she wasn't like being, she was just being, you know, honest. Like, and what do we do every day? What do we do? And I said, We help people get what they want. She's like, mm-hmm. That's why I don't worry about money. And I was like, she wow. did it again. She changed my life again. Because you know her and I, we come from two different money mindsets. I grew up without any, so I'm like, oh, somebody's gonna take it. You know, I gotta get it. i have get more of it. Spend less. Get it. Put that down. Kid one! No. no! Kid two!
0: Hit no. kid one! That's right, no college for you. No college yeah.
2: for you. And she comes from the mindset that anything's possible, you know, and like you said, it say it in a belief and say it in the happening. So if we If we do the right things, if we're living by the golden rule, if we're helping enough people get what they want, we always get what we want. And then she started pointing out like specific times. Like, remember that time we're in a crunch and then that happened? It was like, oh, man, you're starting to freak me out because it's that like bizarro law of attraction stuff. It
1: shows up. It It does. It shows up up it just literally magically appears right at the very instant you need it and you cannot explain this shit it just happens i have my goals on my computer i review at least three times a day i read them out loud they become like part of my subconscious if i'm bored i break them out on my phone i read through them again and bart
2: they're starting to come true isn't that scary they're starting to
1: come true. And I like they- how
2: you whispered it because that's why I want to say it. It's kind of like when I tell people how little I work at the office. It's <laughs> the same with that. It's like you can't tell a regular person <laughs> this kind of stuff because they will stick a stake through your heart and think you're like a werewolf oh. or a vampire. But oh, dude. Like all these things are crazily true.
1: It's crazy. I worked with my coach, Bill. He changed my verbiage on my goals. Here's the funny thing. I want to start doing events and I'm going to make Matt come to a couple of them. He's going to speak with me and he's going to smile the whole time. And dude, this gal, I was calling her to be a rep for my sales, for my radio show, right? She's probably not going to be a rep for me. But what she does do is she, she throws events for people and she's like, dude, I'll throw an event for you. I talk, I've talked to you for 10 minutes. I really like your vibe. I can help you throw and get free event locations in Hawaii and LA. Which one would you like to start with? And I can probably get about 600 people to the one in Hawaii because I live there and I know how to do it. I'm like, uh, so Matt, I called Twiddle. I'm like, Twiddle, you want to do an event in Hawaii in, in, like, in October? He's like, yes, we All do. All
2: mate. Let's do it. And there you have it. That's right. how so it is. Oh
1: man. Okay.
0: Well, we've, uh, we have gone over, but I want to remind everybody realestategoodlife.com. I love at the top. It's no more cold calling, door knocking or booty smooching. Oh.
1: <laughs> that's the tech line.
0: I love it, Bart. That is awesome. I hope everybody goes there, grabs the download. Um, this has been a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that's how they connect with Bart. Greg, how do they connect with you?
1: First, I want to know if we can keep Bart because I want to have him back. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, but go to bookmcdaniel.com. Again, it's bookmcdaniel.com. Let's talk about EXP. Let's talk about you and me. Uh, but let's talk about, you know, the tribe Matt and I are building the people we're associated with, like Bart. Imagine being able to live around that quality of people, you know? Or if someone's like, hey, dude, I'm really in a funk. I'd be like, dude, I have my boy Bart, man. You got to go sign up for his stuff. He's going to give you all kinds of free stuff. Get your mindset screwed on and get you out the door. How would you like that? Go, okay. That's the kind of stuff we're going to have, guys. Join our tribe. Go to bookmcdaniel.com, book 30 minutes with me. Let's talk about EXP. Matt, rating this amazing podcast. Where did yes. these uh, Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Make sure to give Bart a shout out in your review if you enjoyed his episode. Well, they are going to enjoy the episode, Matt. Don't be silly. <laughs> Come on. Jesus. I mean, I've talked to you about this before. <laughs> uh, Matt, give me a color. Quick, 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 quick. Uh,
0: bright, bright, sunshiny yellow for I the love. magnificent yellow here in
1: San Diego. Dude, do you remember going to my parents' house? Did you ever walk in my mom's office and you remember how bright that room is? Like, it is, like, vibrantly yellow. It is the yellowest it can be and It's windows. No, it's not windows. It's doors and ceiling. It's all bright yellow. It's almost a little too much, but... Mm anyways guys thanks for tuning in we went a little long on this one but bart was bringing knowledge bombs hardcore we couldn't cut him off he's like a b-52 bomber dropping shit we couldn't let him stop so um thanks for watching thanks for hanging thanks for listening share this out to people you guys because people like bart need to be heard so until next time peace out ninjas we're gone